My name is Rob. I have the opportunity to serve our young adults community here at Black Rock. Right now we call it Sanctuary. It is a blast. And, um, you know, even, even greater than that, my greatest accomplishment in life is my wife and two kids. And um, they're so sweet. And uh, we'd love for you to meet them because you will be blessed if you meet my family. They're, they're just my world. They're amazing. Anyway, I'm a little bit biased. Anyway, here we go. We're halfway through. We're on day 20 of this 40-day challenge we've taken together as a church called the Red Letter Challenge. And what this is, is we decided together as a church community that we are going to live out and study and act on the words of Jesus and his actions that we find in the Bible. And it's been amazing to hear the stories already that have come from the Red Letter Challenge. Thanks for those of you that are sharing your stories with us. We, we want to continue to share them with you guys to encourage you to keep going and see how God is moving. It's been amazing. But um, we decided to do this because our spiritual development team got together and like, hey, most of us, if not all of us, say that we want to become more like Jesus. But if we're real with ourselves, a lot of us don't know what that actually means. So what we did was we, we found this book that's helping us actually like practically live this out each and every day. So this week I have the opportunity of sharing with you a little bit more on what that looks like. I'm gonna pray before we get started because man, we believe that if we do this challenge together as a church and give people the right impression of Jesus, they can't help but fall in love with him. So I'm gonna pray over the message right now, and I'm gonna pray that, man, God will continue to strengthen you by his spirit in this challenge so that his name, I love saying this, will become more famous for the right reasons, amen? All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for these moments that we have together. God, thank you again for the word that you've placed on my heart. It is a privilege, God, and a blessing to share your eternal word through my feeble body to people and to souls that need it. And, and God, we embrace it. I pray that we will take this word, that we will act on it, God. And Lord, we pray for this challenge too, for more seats to be filled, for more parking problems to happen, for more traffic to happen on Black Rock Turnpike, because of people that are so eager to know the goodness and greatness of Jesus Christ. We pray this together in the name of Jesus, amen. So good. I, I, we haven't met before, but I'm gonna let you in on how weird I am a little bit today, okay? So I've got a question for you. Have you ever like thought about what your spiritual body looks like? <laughs> I got a few chuckles. You know, like those times where you wake up in the middle of the night, and uh, you can't fall asleep. Like, this is where my mind goes. It's like, I wonder what I'm gonna look like in heaven, right? Or like daydreaming it. It, it. Like, that's where my mind is going. You see the New Testament, it talks about like how we're gonna have new bodies in heaven. And I've wondered what I'm gonna look like. Like, am I gonna look like, you know, the greatest footballer of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo? The GOAT. I'm Portuguese, so I'm biased. You know, maybe I'm gonna look like... Uh, Superman, maybe, hopefully. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm like optimistic. I'm like, yo, upgrade from this, please, Jesus. <laughs> or, or maybe like Floyd Mayweather, like walking around with that confidence, like, yo, I'm a soldier for Jesus. I'm gonna pop you. Like, man, right? Undefeated, that, that, that striding confidence, like, you, you know. And um, 
You know, in our, in our first week of the Red Letter Challenge, Pastor Steve, my buddy and my boss, talked about being with Jesus, right? And he mentioned how if we, the only time that we're with Jesus is on this hour on Sundays, that you're spiritually malnourished, that you're spiritually starving, you know, because we're supposed to be with him throughout the week. So I, I picture just like, okay, if, if I'm only with Jesus on Sunday, then my spiritual body, I am like shriveled up and starving, you know, today I want to take it from maybe a different angle. Have you ever thought that you're maybe spiritually obese? Stick with me, okay? Because I think I've been spiritually obese. I, I tend to be probably more spiritually obese than spiritually starving. Here's what I mean by that. You've never missed a Sunday service, right? Good for you. Gold stars. You're doing better than me already. Okay, you're, you're like, I know more Bible than anybody at this church. And quite frankly, these people got to step up their game. Never miss the retreat. You're at every single prayer and worship night, and you're there early. Again, all good things. But when push comes to shove, man, you don't actually act on the words of Jesus. And, and, and you're spiritually obese. You see, this is how obesity happens, is, is when you're, your content, what you take in, is, is more than you're putting out. So you become, you gain fat because it's essentially wasted energy. Okay, so, so maybe, like me, you have taken in the good words of Jesus. You've attended all the church events. You know what? As a matter of fact, you're in multiple community groups, and you're, you're like, Carrie, I'm going to be that free Uber for someone at the airport this missions conference, because I am just that. I'm, man, but then when it comes to acting out on the words of Jesus in the world, now, you know what? That's not for me. Like, like you, you agree with everything that is preached from this pulpit. Like, yeah, people do need to be doing that. Man, people do need to be with Jesus. Man, people ought to be more forgiving. And Jesus is looking at you like, you know, and I find myself putting myself as, oh, I'm the exception to the rule. Like, Jesus, if you knew my schedule, and how my kids keep me up at night. You would understand why I don't have time to be with you. You know, Jesus, if you just understand the hurt that I have, you would be okay with me waiting a while longer to forgive that person. Man, Jesus, if you just knew how busy I was, you wouldn't ask me to serve because it's an inconvenience to me. Man, you know what this challenge that we're doing is supposed to do is help combat those thoughts. It is to help put Jesus' words into practice. So I'm going to read today about serving, which is a fun topic. I'm going to get into it in just a moment. I'm going to read the, the, the three most famous verses on serving right now to begin from Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. I want to give you a little bit of background before I jump into this. So Jesus is with his disciples, which is a fancy Bible word for people that closely follow Jesus. They wanted to talk like Jesus. They wanted to walk like Jesus. They, they, they even observed how Jesus would eat. They wanted to even eat like Jesus. They, they wanted to be like Jesus, and what these disciples, what Jesus' closest friends saw is Jesus perform all these amazing miracles and see the power of God at hand in the world. And, and they became so consumed by the power of God that they asked, like two of these guys come up to Jesus and like, Jesus, 
Since you're powerful, do us a favor. Can you place one of us at your right hand in heaven and the other one at the left hand? So Jesus is like, whoa, there's a power struggle going on here. Let me define what power is for you. So this is what Mark 10, 42 says. Jesus called all the disciples together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. Essentially, those that are in power, they let you know that they're in power. Not much has changed, it looks like. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Check this out. This is leadership 101 right here. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. You see, what Jesus is saying here is, you know, those in power in the world, they, they're, they're looking to, to maybe add Jesus to the resume to lift them up higher. Man, we, we're looking to become in places of power so that we can figure out how many people can submit to us. Jesus says, you want to be powerful in God's kingdom? You're figuring out who can I submit to? Okay, so here we go. He continues. He says, for even the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. I wanna to talk to you about serving today, and I don't want you to check out because I've found that this is actually a really difficult task to do for this church community in particular. You see, we have over a 1,000 people that serve actively at BlackRock, which is phenomenal. So I'm like, God, what am I gonna tell a bunch of people that are like already doing this? And he's like, I, you know what? Don't talk about serving in the church. I want to talk about serving in the rhythms of life, serving every day. What does it look like to serve outside of the church, okay? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Man, wherever we are having this servant mentality, knowing that Jesus doesn't just call us to a life of service on Sunday, but he calls us to a life of service every day. So I got a few things for us about serving really quick. The first thing is that servant leaders know their master. Servant leaders, they know their master. John 12, 26, Jesus says this, whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. First question we gotta ask ourselves every day, at least once, if you're like me, probably multiple times a day, is who am I serving right now? Am I serving myself? Am I serving my boss or am I serving the big boss, God Almighty? All right, who, who is the master of my life? You see, when I am my own master, when, when I believe, man, I'm the one that's in charge of my life, well, guess what? My serving goes down the drain because I'm gonna serve only when it's convenient for me because I'm looking out for my own best interests and man, I'm tired right now, so baby, you know what? You can go change the kid's diaper, okay? Like, I, I am tired, I'm gonna roll over in bed and maybe start snoring a little bit to like make you think that I'm sleeping, I'm not. I just don't wanna serve right now. Can we be real, confession time? I've been there, I've done that like last night. Am I serving my boss? Okay, what, what does this look like in the workplace? I, I'm gonna do you know, the bare minimum to just make my boss happy with me to make sure that I get a paycheck at the end of the week. Or am I serving God who is my master 
and I know him. I know how good God has been to me. So out of the overflow of the love that he has bestowed upon me, man, I can't wait to serve anyone. In light of how good God has been to me, I'm gonna serve as many people as possible because I just want them to know him. And when I know that God is my master, and I, I, here's the thing, I know it's 2020. Talking about submitting to authority is like cringy right now. But man, when, when God is the authority in your life, you're gonna know that, yeah, he's a good God, but he's also gonna call you to serve when it's inconvenient to you. But you know what's so amazing? When you're serving Jesus and you feel like you're at the end of your rope, guess what? When you're at the end of your rope, that's when the spirit of God takes over, baby. And you get to see supernatural service at work in your life and the lives around you. Amen? Got some witnesses in the building. Good. I got a few of you that know what I'm talking about. Awesome. Well, guess what? What's so amazing about this verse too is Jesus said, and where I am, my servant also will be. You can count on this. The spirit of God is always present in the act of service. Man, he's upon it. He's with you in it. He's like, yeah, I see you. I'm strengthening you by my spirit. Here's another thing about servant leaders. So first they, they know their master. And, and, and these next two things is how they serve. The, the second thing is servant leaders serve with their ears. Servant leaders serve with their ears. There's this really famous story in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 8, verses 42 through 48. I'm going to sum it up for you real quick. There's this woman who had a condition where she would not stop bleeding and the Bible says for, for 12 years, it was like this. In some manuscripts, it even says that she had spent every dollar she had on doctors trying to figure out her condition. Oh, man. But, but Jesus, he's on the way to heal someone else. Jesus is on a mission, okay? And he's like ultimate celebrity status right now. People are coming out from everywhere just trying to get a glimpse of Jesus, just trying to look at him, just trying to bump shoulders with him because they've seen and they've heard what has been going on. So Jesus is on a mission right? And this woman in an act of desperation, in an act of faith, reaches out and just catches the, the, the robe of Jesus. And the Bible says immediately she was healed. And Jesus, he stops what he's doing. And he says, who, who touched me? Okay. And, and Peter, who's known for being a talker, says, master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me for I felt healing power go out from me. And when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. This is where things get really interesting. The whole crowd heard her explain to Jesus why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. And Jesus, after listening there, said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You're like, what, what's so amazing about that? Well, many things. But I want to I wanna point out what Jesus is modeling for us right here. You see, Jesus is, is fully man, fully God. What does this mean? Jesus fully knew the story of that woman. He already knew everything there was to know about that woman. It was by his words that she was created. Okay? So he knew everything there was to know about her. But he stopped his mission to sit and listen to her story. 
it gets better. So this woman who had just been miraculously healed by Jesus physically is now sitting there confessing her story in front of a huge crowd that has called her unclean for the past 12 years of her life. And she's sitting in the presence of God Almighty and he's sitting there listening to her. Let me ask you, where the healing happened. Was it in the physical healing? I would say yes. You know where Jesus declared that she was healed? When she knew that she was heard by God and that God himself sat there and listened to her pain from the top down and said, I see you, you're healed. Let me ask you this church, how are you doing with listening? This has convicted me. You see, we're not known for listening. We're not. I can give you evidence. My, my buddy, who's like losing his mind in the hustle of lower Manhattan right now, texted me a few weeks ago, Rob, my life is going nuts right now. And I'm like, dude, I'm here to listen. Like, I, I probably don't have any advice for you, but I will just lend you an ear. He's like, I don't want to be a burden to you. I know how busy you Christians are. And I'm like, burden? I'm like, dude, I would be so blessed if I can just sit there and, and, and listen to what's going on in your life. Is this really our perception, church, that we're too busy to stop and listen? And so I want to talk about the service of listening real quick because Red Letter Challenge, it actually doesn't have it in you or in the book for you this week, but I think it's that important. I got to talk about it. See, good listening requires patience. Good listening is an act of love. While poor listening rejects, good listening embraces. Poor listening diminishes the other person while good listening invites them to exist and lets them know that they matter. Here's the extra challenge. Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for others begins with listening to their stories. Oof. You want to know where love begins when you, when you sit down and you're leaning in? Good listening asks perspective questions. I love the Proverbs. In Proverbs 18, it says, it is the fool who takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion, and thus gives an answer before he hears. Whew, that's still a word for today. Good listening asks perspective, open-ended questions that don't tee up yes or no answers, that don't tee up your private agenda that you had going into the conversation. Good listening is how are you? I got nothing else. I just want to listen. And this is so tough to do. I'm awful at this, okay? It's like, okay, how are you doing? Cool, Let, let's get that out of the way. Here's what I really want to talk about. When was the last time you just stopped and was like, how are you? I really want to know how you're doing. Because man, if I can represent Jesus to you like he was in this story, busy on the go, but serving in the rhythms of life, stopping for a moment to just serve this woman by listening to her story, a story that he already knew. Man, how much more is it for you and me that don't know the stories of people? And here's the last thing about good listening is that it's ministry. This is absolutely positively ministry. If you haven't caught it by now, it is. 
You know, there will be days, even this week, where the most important ministry we do is square our shoulders to some hurting person, uncross our arms, lean forward, make eye contact, and hear their pain all the way from top to bottom. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, often a person can be helped merely by having someone who will listen to them seriously. At times, what our neighbor needs most is just for someone else to know. And this happens. You know what's so great about this too? There are no prerequisites for this. We don't have any ownership classes for you to sign up for. This requires nothing from you but your attention. Servant leaders serve with their ears. Servant leaders, they serve with their hands as well. Galatians 5, 13 through 14 says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to what? Serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Servant leaders serve with their ears, they know their master, and they serve with their hands. You know, I was in um, Disney World earlier this week It was incredible, brought my family. I think I got a photo for you. Look at how beautiful they are. Mm, I'm blessed. So there we are in Disney. It's incredible, right? The most magical place on earth. You know, their biggest trick is, I'm gonna make the money in your wallet disappear. (laughs) Oh, you got a second wallet? That one too. (laughs) Like That was me this week. So we were at Magic Kingdom, classic. But then we went to Hollywood Studios, and this is where I geeked out because they they have this new exhibit, Star Wars Galaxy Edge. This is a big deal for me. Like, family, big Star Wars family. We we love it so much. It's amazing. So so I don't know who was more excited, my kids or me. I'm in there like all giddy, like so stoked to see Darth Vader like, like breathing on me. And we're in Disney World, we're having an incredible time, right? And um, I'm seeing my kids experience it, and, and Leon, like my, my, my older one there, he's like, you know, he's seeing Ray up there on the stage, and she's like, Bruh. so Leon's like, wow. And, and I'm like, yes, the force is strong in my family. <laughs> it always so uh, hilarious for me is that Hannah experienced that the force was strong in our youngest blaze moments later, so strong that he pooped through his diaper onto Hannah at Disney World. <laughs> and you know what I said to my four-month-old son? You dummy, how can you ruin our day like that? Oh, of course I didn't say that. I, what I did say was, Hannah, hold still for the picture. There's a sermon illustration in this. <laughs> so that's what you see. Hold on, go back. That's Hannah's face there. I'm like, really? You want me to stay still for this? I was like, I'm going to use it on Sunday. I don't know how yet, but it's, it's, it's going to get there. <laughs> All right, you don't have to have people look at poop anymore. Like, <laughs> the people that are parents in the room, like, you're totally resonating with me right now. You got people are like, what is wrong with this guy putting poop on a screen in church? Not in 
fighting my friends here. There's poop on the screen. <laughs> After taking the photo, naturally what we did was we cleaned up our kid. We cleaned up Hannah as well. And we weren't going to let this poopy diaper ruin us from the beauty of the park and, and the fun day that we were having together as a family. You know what? The moment that we give our lives to Jesus is the moment we have to stop complaining about the mess we see in the world and instead take ownership and say, I'm going to serve it instead. And it's like, yeah, Rob, that, that was your kid. Like, yeah, hopefully you're serving your family. Like, duh. I think non-Christians do that as well. I'm talking about taking ownership of what about outside of the family, the people that God has placed in your life today. Could be friends, could be coworkers, could be a random stranger that God has given you today to serve and say, I'm taking ownership of all the messes I see around me and say, I'm here to serve. Just like, man, Pauline gave us these hats these things, it says here to serve with that verse I began the sermon with today. Oh my gosh, talk about accountability. I'm in a coffee shop waiting for my barista to serve my messy table like it's a big mess. And I'm wearing this hat like, when's she going to serve me? And God's like, hey, let me help you out. Remember what you're wearing on your head right now. And I'm like, dang it. You got me again, Jesus. You know what? Instead of waiting for my barista to come and clean off my table, I said, hey, can I get something to clean this off? And she's like, man, you do that for me. I got my hands full. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, no, no sweat. It's, it's not a big deal. So I, I go and I clean off the table. You know, I ended up getting a free coffee later, which was like bonus. <laughs> but that's not what I did it for. What ended up happening as I decided to serve my barista in that moment instead of letting her serve me is that it opened up a whole new level of intimacy in our relationship that we didn't have before. Like, why'd you do that? Man, I got people coming in here, barking their orders at me, everybody in a rush to get to nowhere. But you stopped and, and did that. And I'm like, man, I, I just so desperately, like, if you knew how I have been served by my master, Jesus Christ, I, I, I just want you to know that so bad that I'm here. Like, servant leaders, they honor their master as well. I'm like, man, God has been so good to me. It's my pleasure to do this for you. Amen. Thank you for watching Black Rock Sermon of the Week. We're so glad you found us, and we hope that this message helped you feel more connected to God. In talking about connection, we find that it's super important for people to be connected to others and to a community in order to grow in their faith. So if you're in our area, we want to invite you to join us for one of our services. You can find out more about our times and locations right here on this webpage. And if you're not in the area, don't worry. We encourage you to join a local church where you are. There you'll find people who can walk alongside you and help you continue to grow in your faith. So we hope that you join us next week and thank you so much for watching.